So I thank God. I thank God. I'm I'm just so grateful. Um, yesterday, so the the first two days were glorious. Yesterday was glorious, right? And I know today will be glorious. Yes. So um, yesterday morning, I was really buzzing. I couldn't stop smiling, and you know I was just really thankful you know i was looking around and i was saying i wonder if we realize what this is i wonder if we appreciate what this is because we could do all the organizing we can set the chairs out we sit down and we get revelation and we, we i was hearing a lot of wow ah you know <laughs> It's great, it's great. And, but, you know, I realize that the wows have to be translated into something. Yeah. It has to be translated into life. Yeah. Yeah. Just as Pastor Leckie was saying, you know, the heavenly man is a lifestyle that we live. And we don't say that lightly. And the thing about it is that for centuries, this was lost. And it's not since the time of the early church that it has been lost. If we look into the Bible and see all the things that have happened, how God has spoken, how man has heard, and then man forgets, you know. And, you know, it's as Pastor Mike was saying that God's intent was not what we are now in. That was not his intent. But this has been a process and a channel that we all now have to go through. Um, but what we're looking for or aspiring towards is that new heaven and that new earth. And I believe that as time goes on, we'll, go, we'll continue to understand what that means. Um, but I'm just encouraging us to not take this lightly and to hold on, hold fast to the things that we have heard because we, we do allow them, we can allow them to slip many times. There, there are many things now that that Rev would talk about now. And yes, we're oohing and eyeing. These, there were a lot of things that Rev had said from 10 years ago, even before. And I realized, I, I know back then I would sit and I, I would think, Rev, wow, I don't understand what Rev is saying, but I know eventually I will understand. And that is why we have to hold fast because there may be many things that have been said here. Yeah, yeah. And you may not understand now, but hold fast to it. Because I believe one day you will understand. Um, so, I, you know, through the last few days of the program, we've talked about many things. And there's been a lot of revelation. And, you know, I'm not here to bring revelation. I believe my function here 
is to encourage you. Yes. Yes? yes? Because we'll come and we'll sit and we'll be built up, yes, in our souls. And we'll leave here and we'll go engage in the outside world. And a lot of this will be fought against. It will be fought against in many different ways. And you're not going to know that it's been fought against. You're not going to actually see the devil come and say, hey, give me that. No. It's very subtle. Very subtle. And so we have to be, I should say, mindful. We have to be guardful. I don't know if that's a word, but that's what's coming to me. Um, now, so the things that have been said, we, you know, we, ha- we heard names mentioned, right? We heard, we heard about Esau, heard about Cain. We heard about Judas. Yes. And, you know, we can hear about them. We know their stories. And, but the thought came to me, what, what was it about these men? And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to me that, you know, your name is mentioned and, you know, we have one thought in our heads. You know, everyone will just say, oh, no, them? Mm-mm. You know, and, you know, they had their function. But what was it about them that was so distasteful to God? You know, what is it? And it is interesting. I heard um, Hans say before how um, Cain... You know, we might think, you know, yeah, Cain was so horrible. Yes, he just, he brought into fruition what sin was. Um, But in the midst of it, God loved him. Because I was thinking, hold on. He, He killed Abel. And he killed Abel, according to John, because his deeds were evil. Can you imagine? It wasn't bad enough that your deeds were evil. You also want to kill your brother. And after he killed him, he was, he was actually bargaining with God. Oh, but, you know, if I leave here, you know, somebody is going to kill me. Like, okay. What did you just do? Okay. <laughs> he just killed. Um, and it seems bizarre, doesn't it? Almost... I would say the audacity. I said, yeah. He was audacious. And you wonder, how, how can you be so audacious? But I realize that a lot of us can also be that way, that we can be audacious because we are too familiar. So... You know, you can get close to mommy, you can get close to daddy, you get close to the pastors, and you, you may become too familiar. And I believe that is something that we need to guard our hearts against, that we don't become familiar, that we do not identify our leaders 
based on their the external because you, you you don't you don't know them you know i hear pastor k say oh may may god grant us wisdom to discern them and and so we must discern that we and that we don't become too familiar so cain then you know left the presence of god so i was musing about how you know where we always fall short and you know it always seemed like oh we just fall short we just fall short yes and yes all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god and i i would at times listen to reverend talk about um you know the devil <laughs> the works of satan and sometimes I even had the thought, oh, Rev, but, you know, let's not focus on the devil too much, you know. <laughs> you know, let's talk about God, you know. Let's, you know, talk about the saints. But it's very important that we know who the devil is. Because we need to be mindful of his works. So that we will know when he's at work. Because I think a lot of times we don't know when he's at work. Yeah. We have, <laughs> yes, he, we don't know when he's at work. And the place where he's at work greatest is in our thoughts. You know, we're talking about the heavenly man. But you see our thoughts, which is a heaven, that's where he attacks and we have to be very mindful of that, that he attacks our thoughts. And, you know, I, I really would like us to ask God for wisdom to know when he's attacking. And I, I don't know how many of you know, you know, when it's the devil talking to you. Hands up, who knows when the devil is talking to them? Oh, no hands. <laughs> Oh, Mommy Helen. <laughs> Mommy Helen. Okay, well, if, if that is true, that nobody has put up their hands, then it just shows how unaware we are. And, you know, I am not saying that we owe the devil this and we don't go about blaming him for everything, really, because a lot of what we do is based on our response to him. And that is what we are responsible for, our response. What are we going to do with it? So he comes now. Is it that we think he didn't have a right to tempt Jesus? You know, we could, oh, how could he go and tempt the Lord? No, he went and he tempted him. But it's what you do with that. And the fact that he comes to tempt you, it's not, it's not because you're a sinner, is not. Um, and I think one of the things that he also does is he also builds guilt, self-condemnation. You know, Rev was saying, you know, when you have these thoughts of, you know, being a homosexual, suddenly you're not a man anymore. You think you're a woman. And those things come to you. You know, it's having the ability to know that it is not your thoughts yes. it is a thought 
that is prevailing. It is a thought that is in the atmosphere. And we have to have an ability to overcome those thoughts. So we're not here to be victims. You know, um, Rev was also saying, how come, you know, if in the, among Muslims, if you talk bad about the Koran or Muhammad, you will be beheaded. Yes? So everyone is who? Very careful. So you talk bad about Jesus. You ball out his name in all kinds of ways. I mean, I've heard some languages following in the middle of a sentence, you know, that includes Jesus. And I think, wow. You know, and people just think, oh, yeah, that's okay. It's okay, you know, uh, you know they talk about the Bible. Everybody say, thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the Bible. <laughs> I thank God for the Bible because it has all that we need for life. All that we need. The Bible is, is, is such a special book. One description of it is that it's the, the bloodiest book in history. Very bloody, yeah. <laughs> Full of blood. <laughs> From beginning to end, yeah. Don't, you know, don't get caught up in, oh, it's not the real Bible. Oh, you know, they did this to the, they did that. They did many things. They did, really, they did. But that didn't change God's agenda. And we must believe that God is so sovereign that it does not matter what the devil himself does. It doesn't matter what man himself does. They cannot change what the Bible is. And it cannot change what it will produce in us. So don't get caught up in the arguments. If you notice, um, when Jesus was on earth, Jesus wasn't getting tied up in all the, the news <laughs> Was he talking about, oh, those Romans, they're just putting people on crosses, stringing them up, oh, you know, they're, was he talking about them? It's like they never existed. They never existed. Who was talking about them? Oh, all the Jews, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the zealots. Yeah, they were all talking about, oh, what's happening? But that was not Jesus' focus. And I want to encourage us to be very focused. It is very important that we be focused. This that we're hearing is of great value. It is of great value. Because you must ask yourself, why is it that... You know, it's like David talking about the wicked who prosper. And you ask yourself, oh, why is it that the wicked seem to get by? You know, why is it that, yeah, the Muslims, yeah, it look like, you know, people respect them wherever they go. You know, they have on the hijab, they, you know, <laughs> and great respect. But Christians, hmm, yeah. 
you know what has happened. You know, we hear about pollutions, but I call it dilution. That the enemy has caused great dilution in our gospel. That we have lost strength when we shouldn't have. But God is merciful. You know, the majority of Christianity, churches as we know it, they have become diluted. They have focused on the external when they should be focusing on the internal. And the internal is not something that can be seen very easily. Right. Can we turn to... To Hebrews 11. Okay. So, if we just read from verse 26... So we know Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. (laughs) But yes, mostly about faith, but it, it is a very potent chapter. So from verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So, how do you see him who is invisible? Doesn't that seem like a contradiction? Yes. So, you know, what this is saying is there is something to be seen, but it's invisible. And so, likewise, that is our walk. That is our walk in the spirit, that it's invisible to those who cannot see, you know, or people who think they see. So, you know, I encourage us to, you know, as we're talking about the heavenly man, to reach for that which is invisible. And and along with that which is invisible comes a lot of things. You know, and, you know, when we talk about the seven spirits of God, you know, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, might, you know, these are things that are unseen that we must be built up in. And those are the things that we go after. We're not going after the job. We're not going after you know, the country, the passports, you know, God use, you know, and we use those things, but they are not the ultimate. And when God calls us to leave those things, we must be able to answer. We must be able to say, okay, this is nothing. We use them, we do them, but they are nothing. We can walk away from them. So, I I just wanted to go down a bit more in um, Hebrews 11. Um, 
So, verse 32, and what sh shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead race to life again, and others, and others. So we love, we love this, don't we? Yeah. yeah, they quenched the violence of fire, they escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness, they were made strong, valiant in fight, yes? Who likes Marvel comics? <laughs> oh, oh, Kaysion, very confidently. <laughs> so now, Kaysion has some action figures. And every morning, jumps out of bed, you know, after he has devotion with dad, yes? And he's, oh, Spider-Man, you, yes, and Iron Man, and, yes, yeah, seems very obsessed with that. I thought, wow, okay. Um, <laughs> And it's very easy, you know, we like that, you know, humanity, we like it, like forcefulness, I mean, that's what Hollywood is all about, yeah? We're showing might and brute strength and, yeah, we can do this, da da da, da. And, but if it's one thing, I mean, if you watch the Marvel movies, you'd realize that after they had the brute strength and everything, when it came down to it, what was inside of them? They were very messed up, weren't they? Yes, very messed up. And it's very interesting that Hollywood didn't hold back on showing that. So, you know, what I'm saying is, don't get caught up in those things. You know, yes, they're, they're you know, that's the world and that's how they see things. But we do not see things that way. So, back to verse 35. And others were tortured not accepting deliverance that, that they might obtain a better resurrection. So we go from waxing valiant in fights and making to flee the armies of aliens to being tortured. <laughs> oh, do we like this part as much? And others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn asunder, were tempted, slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. So, the world did all this to them, yes? Yeah. But the world was not worthy of them. And who, who, who would say that? Who would say that the world was not worthy of them? What does the world see? They don't see. So, 39... And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, receive not the promise... 
God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. But you know what the thing is? So, you know, we're talking about, and, and um, Paul is then saying, oh, God has provided something better for us. And um, I think, yeah, we will not be sawn asunder. We will not be tormented. No. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah, we'll still have that. What is the Bible? The bloodiest book. We will have blood. Please, I implore you, do not feel too comfortable. Don't think that life is nice. Yeah, I have a job, I have a nice car, can get my clothes, yeah. I don't have to worry about immigration issues. Don't get too comfortable. Sometimes God requires blood. And guess what? We have to be willing to give it. We have to be willing to give it. Do you think, do you think um, Rev, Mom Rev and Dad Rev, do you think that the life, the life looks glamorous? Does it look glamorous to us? Who thinks it looks glamorous? Come on. Raise your hand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is not glamorous. Every time I go on an airplane, I think of Rev. <laughs> I say, how does Rev just go on the plane and, you know, go from this place to that place? And yes, he has helped, but I mean, sitting on an airplane is, is very difficult. I find it's difficult. You know, Kaysian doesn't. He, he's watching the TV all the time. But... I find it's difficult. So, you know, I'm talking about, you know, knowing that we need sometimes to shed blood. And I am not saying go and cut yourself, <laughs> no. But, or <laughs> say, oh, Lord, yes, I'm going to, I'm going to give up. I'm, I'm going to, you know, sacrifice myself. No. You, you, you don't do that unless you are asked to do so. But you, you, and you also don't do that with the wrong motive. Yeah. Look, everybody, I'm offering myself. <laughs> I'm sacrificing. Whoa. Here. So, Cain and Abel, as we're talking about sacrifice. So, they brought their sacrifice before God, and Abel brought, you know, the flock from the flock he has been tending. And maybe Abel's tending of the flock was to sit and look at them. Yes? And Cain, when, you know, his produce from the ground, what was Cain doing? Yeah, he was digging soil, because at that point, that's what they had to do. You know, dig the soil, plant the seed, water the ground, water it. Who knows? We didn't know if there was rain there enough, or, you know, he may have had to channel the water from one of the the rivers. Um, And Cain would have thought, oh, um, I worked hard. 
yeah look at that oh look at that cabbage mm, the tomatoes yeah they're nice and juicy and plump yeah let me this is it and when God did not show the same acceptance for his you know I'm always think about why you know because you think no I'm sure Cain probably did more work than Abel don't you think so he was digging soil. He was toiling. And Abel was sitting under the tree, chewing on a piece of straw, and watching the sheep drink the water, eat the grass, walk about, you know. And then he said, okay, you over there, come here, sacrifice you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, but... <laughs> But God had more respect for Abel. And where we see outwardly what Abel might not have really measured up to what we think is good, good practice, hardworking man. No. But what was happening there? God was getting the glory. Cain wanted glory for himself. So Cain said, hey, what? Mm. Okay, I'm going to deal with him. And, but, you know, God, in his mercy, went to Cain and said, come, you know, you got to rise above the sin that's waiting for you. And Cain still did not listen. Um, and, you know, Cain wanted to go off and make himself a name. And this is why I say we must value what we are in. Because I do not see anybody here trying to make a name for themselves. You see anybody here trying to make a name for themselves? No. And that's the beauty of the fellowship we are in. That's the beauty. And that's why I like bowing. That's why I like bowing. I like when you, you think others are better than you. Yeah. I like it. I like you not, you know, you, you know, I mean, people in EGFM, they, all of you here, I'm sure you're almost all professionals. Yes? As the world calls it. Um, but... <laughs> You know, th that's not what is here. As in, you don't come here and, oh, I do this, oh, I don't know. I see everyone just, you know, submitting to each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. taking care of each other, looking out for each other. Yeah. And I know some of you might think, oh, well, you, you know, it might just seem that way because we have convention. But on that note, I want to encourage you to take care of each other. Look out for each other. Encourage each other. I, I usually have an issue with church on a Sunday. As in, you greet, hey, yeah, nice to see you. And then guess what? Six days, the rest of the week, you're not seeing, you're not hearing. What is that? It's wrong. That, that's just a strategy of the enemy to engage us in things that we ought not to be engaging. 
Don't, don't use those excuses. Don't say, I have, oh, I have work. Oh, yes, and I, I work very hard. No, that is not an excuse. Yeah, everybody works hard. Uh, I mean, you're not different from the world, the others in the world who don't know Christ. So I encourage you not to make that an excuse. Can I, I just move on to, I don't know how am I for time, because two minutes? I'm just kidding, sorry. Um, can we move on to Hebrews 12? Quickly, yes. Um, so, on, you know, following on from Hebrews 11, Paul then says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that set before us. Can we go back to Hebrews 11, sorry? Um, which was the 40, last one. God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. What do you think about that? They without us should not be made perfect. What does that tell us? Then it goes to 12, it says, we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Witnesses. I don't know about you, right? When, when, I'm, when I'm living, I don't know how to put it, but especially when I'm among brethren, I, I, I'm taken back. I'm, I'm taken back to the people, the people who have gone before us. I'm, I'm taken back. I, you know, I think Abel, who lost his life early. Yeah. Enoch, Abraham, Noah. I, 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 I feel like I'm, I'm living them. I, 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 I believe we are one with them. It's not uh, they're over there, we're over here. I have seen within the church a dishonoring of those who have gone before. When we come, ooh, this has never been in the earth before. God is speaking anew. Yes, yes, he's speaking anew. But (laughs) you're not the first. No. Don't be puffed up. That you think, oh, we're getting so much, you know. God has, you know, he's never done this before. God has been doing work. He's been doing work. And we must be, we, we got to honor our elders. We grew up in our parents' church. And as young people, we're like, oh, gosh, they're so, they're so backward. Mm. Don't they know we're young people? We've got to get with the times. And you know what those times are? The ways of the world. Come on. So, you know, I've seen movies like that. Yeah, let's go in church. Let's, you know, do the things. Let's do the hip things, you know. Trust me. You pass youth. You do. After a while, you can't be breakdancing. You can't be moonwalking. 
Yeah? You get old. <laughs> so young people who like to break dance, there might come a time when you can't do it anymore. And you look at your parents and you think, oh, they don't understand. They're old. And you, you just lose respect. But there's value in honoring your father and your mother. Valuing being obedient. Your honor. And you don't think that because you are in this thing, it makes obsolete what they have been in. It's because of what they have been in that you have been brought in and been given the opportunity to hear these things. So, great a cloud of witnesses. We must understand. So, you, you know, um, Judas, Esau, I wondered, how, how did they... N not know what they had. You know? How did they not know what they had? But then you could ask that about a lot of people, you know, in the Bible. And, and this is where I believe that mankind does not understand God. I hear people talk about uh, what, who they, they think God is this vengeful God. He just had the children of Israel going around killing everybody. Mm-hmm. But no, 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 no. God doesn't just go and kill. There's reasons behind the killings. Yes? And, uh, you know, we must know that there was a reason. God is a God whose name cannot be profane. So, that word was coming to me, profane. Hebrews 12, lower down. What did Paul say? That bit about Esau. Esau was profane. What verse was that? Yes. Who for one morsel of meat, not two, one morsel of meat, sold his birthright. <laughs> one. Oh. Mommy Helen. <laughs> one morsel. Um, and he couldn't find it back. But what, was, what, what are we saying here? That we could be selling our birthright for one morsel of meat in a moment. In a moment. You think you have forever. Don't we? We think, ah, yes, when you're young and the world is your oyster, you don't have forever. You're given a time to be here. Yeah. As Pastor Parks was saying yesterday, you're here to gain heaven. Hey. You're here to gain heaven. This is your walk. This ought to be our walk. And we are opposed on every side. It was Peter who said, ah, when the trials and trials, you're marveling that these, or was it John? Are you marveling that the world hates or do not marvel that the world hates you? Yeah. Yes? That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have to be able to look above that. That is not what we're about. Exactly. That is, Jesus wasn't here and talking about the Romans. <laughs> he, 
he was looking towards something higher and whatever was happening it, it just was not relevant it was not and god is holy it's not profane and that has always been the problem with mankind starts with the devil doesn't it ref yeah profanity you know you're you're making common what is holy you're making common what is holy that's what happened with um hezekiah yes you know god gave him life he asked for it the extra 15 years and then what he did in those years he come 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 and look at the temple you know and when the prophet came and said um what you did and he said oh yeah i showed them this i showed them that. so you show them everything he said yeah he said what okay well guess what your, your sons will not get this you, they will not inherit this this is god is going to take it all away and you think that's harsh all he did was show the temple but god knows god knows what that means and so we have to be very fearful of the things that we do, of the things that we say, that we are not making profane the temple of God. When God talked in the Bible, when we, talk, we see the word profane showing, a lot of it was in Leviticus, the priests, the book of the priests. It was very important that they did not profane themselves in all kinds of ways. You know, you read it. They'd be, you know, describing, oh, you know, make sure you don't get a wife, you know, who's prostituting herself, you know, because God did find Israel was prostituting themselves. But there was a standard to be had. And we, you know, we see it was always being profane. So the sin of Esau was profaning that which was holy and precious and I will encourage you all, please do not profane that which is holy and precious. And I say holy, you see, all of us gathered here, you know, the fellowship. I know we sit here, but we, we have to understand the value of it. You know, you are among a fellowship. And, you know, you see some people relate more closely with other, others than, you know, other people. But there is, a, there is a way that we are, you know, that cause us to fellowship. And that is we love our brethren. We love our brethren. Cannot talk about love enough. And love is vast. But I want to encourage, please think of each other, think of others. You know, it is not all about us. Yeah. You know, it's not just us. You know, and God, God desires to do something with us. But that's for a reason. And that reason is not for your children to go to university. <laughs> that's not it. Rev, talk about yesterday, picking yourself up and going to East Asia. Yes? 
Australia, New Zealand, need to go Pakistan, India, China, Korea, Russia, Ukraine. Don't get me wrong. People have been those places. Evangelists, missionaries have been there. But as with the journey of the church, there will come a time when they need to hear a word of righteousness. They need to. So don't get too comfortable. Don't get comfortable with the jollof rice. And the pounded yam. <laughs> we love it. Yes, we love it. But sometimes you have to leave it behind. Yeah. Sometimes you, you will be required to not be enjoying that for a while. And that is what we have to be willing to do that. So I think my time is up. Ah, Glory. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Uh, can we just raise our hands? Just give God thanks. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for mercy. Thank you for grace. Father, we thank you that we can come before you this moment in time. We do not take it for granted. Father, we ask, Father, that we, we hold on to the things that we have heard, that we do not take them for granted. Father, that they will settle within us. Father, that they will become life that they will bear much fruit, much fruit. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are adding to us. We thank you. We thank you that it's not by virtue of who we were, who we are. It's by virtue of your mercy. And we thank you for grace. We bless your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.